Et pour Rita C'est une chienne très intelligente. Vraiment. Prenez-la. Vous ne la voulez pas Je ne veux rien. Vous n'avez qu'à arrêter de respirer C'est une bonne idée. Episode 158 of the Cult of Matt and Mark Cult Film Review Podcast. I'm Matt. And I'm Mark. And make sure to head over to the Facebook and like us at the Cult of Matt and Mark or head over to our blog at cultfilmreview.blogspot.com or shoot us an email at cultfilmreview at gmail.com. Show news, Mr. Hudson. Any show news? It's our second week in a row. We're on a roll. So uh, oh, keeping our fingers crossed. Uh, nice day today. I'm up to my elbows nice in homework as usual lately. Oh, and, that's right. You're you're you're, uh, you're, you're it. kicking it. You're kicking it old school. You're going back to high school. Yeah, to get your GED. <laughs> getting it's, my uh, getting my GED finally. Yeah, there's this strange loophole. Mark went ahead and got his bachelor of science in biochemistry, but then they were like, you know, sir, there's some loop, there's some slip up, and you need to go back to high school because we didn't. Uh, they finally caught up with me. So, uh, what what classes are keeping you up at night? Uh, human anatomy. On? Oh shit, man! I don't know. That sounds uh, that sounds like uh, uh, kind of memory learning that I'm not that good at. It's a lot That's of memory. Funny. I mean, uh, there's the, the stories are pretty simple, but there's just a lot of terminology and memorizing. Yeah, I always get the impression that medical doctors are kind of like technicians more than they are uh, scientists. You know what I mean? That. Uh, that it's it's kind of a uh, you need to have a sort of vast kind of uh, diagnostic capability, really. Yeah, no, no. I mean, physicians, and then all the all the various level of technicians underneath them are just like people mechanics. Yeah, exactly. But it's you know it, there's a lot of a uh, lot of subtlety to it, and uh, people get pissed off when you mess mess it up. And you, you, oh, know, you boy, put the wrong they. starter in or something like that. That's right. Take the wrong leg off. <laughs> they do get mad shit. when you take the wrong leg off. Yeah. <laughs> and it does happen. That's for sure. I keep having these debates with my friend. Uh, I won't name her name. But uh, we have these constant debates about uh, uh, medicine and physiology. And uh, we're both engineers. And she has the opinion that um, uh, doctors are just innate fuck-ups because they can't get her right. And why can't they get her right? And I'm like, well, because human, the human body is probably the most complicated organism in the universe. And uh, there's a lot of chaos at work. And so one thing that works for somebody isn't necessarily destined to work for another person. And I, I, I cemented my theory because I've, I've, I have a car that is chronically overheating. <laughs> yeah. And they can't figure that out. <laughs> Right, and they cannot fucking figure it out. It's and there was the like shop. some Japanese guy in 1996 wrote out every little tiny screw and all the tolerances on everything yep. thing in that truck or that car. Subaru, the and, Subaru, and uh, yeah. and they still can't figure out why it's overheating. So, how, I, what hopes do you yeah. have figuring out why somebody's feeling you know a little down? Yeah, feeling it's tough. shitty. It's tough. I know. So, uh, with with that knowledge in hand of. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've had a radiator replacement and all the hose re- hoses redone, and then the fucker ever overheats every week. And I'm like, if they can't, if if, if seriously, like, like a mechanic can't figure out why my fucking car is overheating and the, the internal combustion engine, uh, how long has that fucker been around in, in various forms, 100 plus years? And uh, for whatever reason, this, this, uh, this chaotic mechanical system, uh, nobody can figure it out. So, so how many uh, uh, how many miles on that uh, their engine? One hundred and eighty five. I think and, you uh, might want to consider what I like to call a total car replacement. That's what I hear. That it's would be that hear. would be that would solve a lot of your problems. Just imagine having a new Ford Aerostar that will have no, no mechanical friend. problems for eight years or so. Toyota Sienna. 14 years. Yeah. That's what I'm looking Go at. Go buy yourself yeah, exactly. a Toyota Sienna. Yeah. You know, you, all you have to do is replace the oil till you get to 150,000 miles. 
It's gonna be, <laughs> it's gonna be uh, the equivalent of that poor fucker they're talking about replacing uh, the head replacement surgery. Oh, that's such yeah. bullshit. They're, the technology <clears throat> does not exist. I mean, you could, but I mean, they were doing it back in Russia with dogs and monkeys a long time ago. I, I mean, you can feed the head with the blood supply. I mean, with humans, it'd just be unconscionably cruel. But then there's no way you can. Hook, hook the nervous system back up. Yeah, it's too complicated. Yeah, right. The cells are too yeah. persnickety. And uh, I, I, it's, this guy supposedly has some method, you know, using some. Yeah. I think he said, oh, I have this great chemical. Some it's super called, glue. It's called, yeah, some biological <laughs> super glue. Yeah, I got some sodium acrylate and I got some ethylene glycol or something he was talking about. That's so right. I, I thought like, that's oh, like the shit I've been pouring in my car every week. <laughs> that is, that cool, is the but... shit you've been pouring in your car. <laughs> And killing your neighborhood cats as it leaks on the ground. That's right. Well, um, there's the movie, uh, which I, I strangely recommend because it did me in. Called, uh, it's the X-Files. It's not a sequel. Second X-Files movie. I think it's called like The Truth is Out There or some shit. But uh, it's, it's about It's called those... The Truth is Out There and some shit? Yeah, something. <laughs> wow. Anyway. A, they really phoned that one in. It's about a fucker who goes around stealing people because uh-huh. he's a... Um, uh, he's like a chronic head replacement uh, villain or something. No, maybe and... he's just trying to get his ends up on his uh, on his figure for his paper. You know, he got to have it. You know, you got to do the crunch the statistics. You know, and that's you wanna, right. Want to make it significant? You got to figure out what, right. how many times do I have to do this? That's right. He wants to keep the study uh, statistically sound. Anyway, <laughs> but after watching it, I started doing uh, online rabbit hole going down the rabbit hole doing online searches about head replacements mm. and uh that shit's been done and uh mark and i have many had many breakfast coffee conversations about total head re- or total body replacements i guess oh and, yeah uh, yeah yeah that's, that's sort of a different thing because that was sort of a <sighs> yeah i mean because you're not it's oh yeah i mean you know what's interesting there's a lot of neat work being done on like man machine interfaces these days yeah, but swapping the head with another body—that's, uh, I would say, that's beyond the, uh, you know, some of the fanciful sci-fi type of technologies that we all that Joe Rogan gets all kind of worked up uh, about. I mean, I guess in a certain sense, it would be pretty neat. I mean, if they could really do it, and I, you know, I could sort of, you know, sort of see it a little bit. I mean, if you're really careful on your prep on the body and the head. Yeah, you might yeah. be able to do it. God damn it. it! Would I just I don't see how. I mean, I just don't see how the tissue would survive. Well, I wish that uh, poor fucker luck there in Russia. I don't have a lot of hope, but uh, I don't think he has a lot of hope either. I think it's a literally a do or die kind of scenario for oh, him. Oh, you mean the guy's so. volunteering for it? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So uh, anyway, all right, let's get on to less macabre uh, topics and talk about our movie this week. Uh, our movie this week is. Uh, the Christoph Kislowski, I was final film of his Three Colors trilogy, Red or Tres Couleurs Rouge. Uh, quick plot rundown here: A beautiful model named Valentine <clears throat> crosses paths with a retired judge, whose dog she runs over with her car. The lonely judge, she discovers, amuses himself by eavesdropping on all of his neighbors' phones conversations. Near Valentine's apartment lives a young man who aspires to be a judge and loves a woman who will betray him. From these characters' proximity comes spiritual kinship and mutual redemption. Rated R for some reason. I don't understand why. Well, there's but, a uh, there's a thrusting buttocks at one point. Oh, really? Is that what got this thing a, a, an R rating? Was that 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 dude's ass? Well, it wasn't his ass. It was the fact that he was. They were in oh. coitus. The context of the ass was what uh, sealed the R. Probably they said, well, it's a French film, and uh, you know those French, so fuck it, it's an R. But um, anyway. Yeah, that's the only reason, I'm sure. Okay, so um, this movie I I saw in the theater. I saw it at Sea Home Village up there in Western when Mm. it came out. And I hadn't seen the first two, which uh, I've since seen, and are decent films but they are definitely lesser films to the uh to red and i've also seen christoph's krislowski's much heralded uh decology which uh are 10 
one hour, I guess, quote unquote films, but they were uh, made for Polish television prior in the late 80s. So prior to uh, the uh, wall coming down and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I'm familiar with him and I've seen his movies and uh, uh, I'm not kind of steeped in his uh, lore, so to speak, of how he came to be kind of the film director that he is. Uh, but I did see R kind of uh, fresh and and not with sort of that, I guess, if there's a Christoph Kieslowski fanboy uh, social circle, it wasn't me. And uh, so I've kind of, I guess it's been 21 years since this movie came out, and I've, I've watched it periodically, periodically, and I still think it uh, maybe I'm not as passionate as I was as a young man, but it still uh, definitely hits a, I don't know, I wouldn't call it a nerve, but definitely hits a, an emotional resonance with me. And this, I imagine, is Mr. Hudson's first viewing of Red. So, oh, yeah, uh, certainly. Well, so I, I, what, I mean, what, what resonated with you as a young man? Um, I think the idea of, of, of romantic redemption. Romantic and redemption. I, yeah, and I think, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, and and periodically through my life, you know, uh, there's been instances, I guess, of, I wouldn't call it reality, but projected reality of, of a future kind of love lost sort of scarring me for life feeling, you know, sort of like a young man type of, of attitude about love that, uh, uh, when you lose the one, you know, at the time, obviously you're not, uh, you know, you don't have distance. So you think that this is the one, this chick I'm with, that she is, you know, the end all be all. And if she's not with me for the end of time, then uh, fate is truly cruel and the universe will end. You know what I'm talking about? Kind of that, 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 that bullshit that you have to deal with when you're, uh, I guess, newly turned on, uh, uh, quote unquote. You know what I mean? Well, I guess. I mean, but the only really person like that is... August, mm-hmm. and so that's yeah. the character you identified with in this. No, movie? no, 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 no. It's 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 uh, what's the judge's name? The old judge. I forget his uh, character's name. In Joseph the film. Kern. Yeah, that 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 is, you know, that if you uh, kind of fail, uh, that to keep this woman that you believe is the love of your life then that will be your end is just sort of this, I guess, pathetic, lonely old man. Uh, and, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking in caricature here, but, but when I watched this, I'm sort of trying to give you my perspective, mm-hmm. was, was that was sort of uh, what I had kind of mapped out as, as, as that reality, I think, for myself. And, uh, you know, not finding the right girl or finding the right girl, keeping her for just a ephemeral amount of time and then having her, you know, uh, uh, cheat on me and, and all that kind of stuff that, you know, I can write my, uh, I can sort of doom my notions of romantic love and then, then I become sort of this callous, I guess, uh, automaton for the rest of my life. Obviously, that's not, you know, reality. Uh, in most cases and things I would say romantically get easier as you get older. But for, at the time it seemed that that was, you know, that I needed, I needed some sort of uh narrative or I needed some sort of uplifting boost to that, that kind of young man negativity about love lost. And so, so, I mean, so, so what is the uplifting boost to uh Jacques story? He barely survives a, a, uh, I mean, not Jacques, but um, Auguste Auguste. What's, what's well, the, what's the, it's, I, I'm sorry, what is the upside to Auguste here? Well, the, uh, it's it's implied, right? I mean, we're, we're jumping way ahead here mm-hmm. and talking about the uh, the end of the film. But it's implied that that uh, there's a redemption, right, in this, in this sort of cataclysmic fate that they both have the uh, mm-hmm. main character, uh, Valentine and, and Auguste, the, uh, forlorn judge in, or would be soon to be judge. Right. I mean, isn't that kind of the notion? 
Uh, at well, least that's what's implied. I mean, I have, I sure as fuck hope so because that the whole movie seems a little bit uh, for naught if that's not the case. Well, there's a weird. It's a weird parallel between August and um, and Joseph. I mean, uh, I mean the draw the the uh, movie draws some very very some parallels in, in incredibly high relief. Uh, almost like these are well the same being born twice. Let me ask you a question. The same story. Um, I'm going to so ask you a movie- question. I, I just want your opinion. Before I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, is this movie fantastical? I mean, is there some supernatural element? Yeah, in the movie? yeah. Well, you know, I'm not. I'm not certain if that's what uh, the director meant. I think it just may mean. I think the the overt similarities between those two characters, just uh, except that they're um, uh, they're offset. There's a, a phase difference in time between the two of them. Um, that uh, it's more about how people go through similar problems. That people's it- lives are very similar to yours. People that maybe you don't know personally. And that, uh, and people that you are just connected through happenstance. I mean, there's so many, it's all about, this movie's all about connection between peoples, peoples that don't really even know each other, how they're, they're strangers, yet they live in sort of this weird type of, um, there's this intimacy of strangers that occurs in this film. That's, You're getting that's at really it. striking. You're getting at a really good theme. I think that this movie is, is, um definitely has 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 many vectors and i think you're you're definitely onto something especially with the whole intimacy of strangers with regard to uh uh god what's the judge's name joseph joseph's uh, eavesdropping on neighbors mm-hmm. right because yeah. uh you know he knows his neighbors intimate details even though that they are completely unaware that he does so and uh, is able to to sort of extract his emotional his need for emotional contact from these 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 eavesdropped phone conversations, right? Mm-hmm. I, I guess mean, to, to a understand extent, people, it's a weird sort of it's a weird sort of contact. I, I guess I'm not exactly sure what it. It's pre-internet. It's pre-internet contact. Yeah, yeah, I think he would, uh, he'd really love, like, I, I saw some internet videos where people would, uh, you could buy, like, these internet-enabled, uh, like, cameras for your house. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll like... Webcams? Are you just talking about webcams? Yeah, they're cams? like, these, like, these, these, like these wireless devices that you, that you just plug into a wall and they network with your network. Oh, and yeah. And you yeah. can, like, you can, like, some of them are even, like, have, like, uh servos on them where they can change the direction and stuff and they have speakers yeah. on them and there's some pretty funny internet internet videos where guys basically these are just you know cheap ass consumer electronics from china right there's some taiwanese company that's putting them together and there's like a default password on there yeah to log in remotely because you know you can check on your pet while you're at work yeah right and you know joe blow goes down to fries and buys a couple of these and sets them up in his living room and he never and doesn't give a fuck manual. about security he never ever. resets them he just he just plugs them right into his open wi-fi network he's running at home yeah right and, with no passwords just like and uh rip. and so people just browse to him on the internet and then they'll start like just I mean, the stuff I saw was pretty good natured. I guess you could use it for nefarious purposes, but just sort of like singing songs, you know. I heard <laughs> and the, like the, one guy would check in with people like on holidays, like he'd go back and see the same family like on Christmas and things. <laughs> like every Christmas, he'd come back and sing a Christmas song out of there, and they got confused about what's going on. Oh man! Well, I heard it's uh, like uh, people use them a lot for uh, uh, baby camps. Mm. And uh, yeah, you can use one, them for a baby cam. And and like, there's people that'll log in and, and yell like, "Wake up, baby!" You know, and the kid will stir. And be <laughs> well, people used to do that with normal baby um, baby monitors. monitors. You could yeah, always just cut into them too with like a little tunable transceiver, right? Yeah, so, we have. I mean, a- it's always no good, but. I mean the sort of the idea of eavesdropping, yeah, it's it's uh it certainly is blown up with the internet. Even just sort of casual eavesdropping with like gossip is just blown out off the right. charts. Well, it's an interesting uh, human I guess compunction 
to want to like listen in on intimate details of of people that you don't really know. I do it a lot when I'm in crowds and uh, uh, just like at restaurants and stuff. I always want to hear what the next table is talking about, and it's mainly to like goof on them because that's me. I'm you know I'm a negative person. Oh, like at you'll heart. be you'll be like uh, <laughs> you'll yeah. be like I tell you. I tell you, Gene does that too. Like at restaurants, when you, like so there'll be some dippy person in a table. Yeah, that's usually the, the who bad I focus laugh, on. Or maybe yep. some some uh, woman's had too many drinks and she's sort of making a, a very mild spectacle. Yeah, Gene just, Gene just like zines zooms right into they Just can't help but make rather loud comments. Oh, <laughs> which always well, makes me uncomfortable. I try funny. to be a little bit more reserved, but there's been times where like Rose and I'll get seated next to an obvious first date you know, like mm-hmm. a match date or something like that. And we'll literally like say very little throughout like our whole meal because we're just like totally – we'll text each other comments about the couple <laughs> right next to us. That's a good idea. We're like, she oh, Jesus. She just got a smartphone recently, and so she's able to – she's text-enabled. Yeah, so I'll be like, oh, my God, he's, 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 he's bringing that up. I was like, oh, this guy's doomed. Like we'll totally – be be doing sort of the uh, insta polling, you know, of the of the of the date as it's moving along, and like we'll hardly ever talk to each other. It's just it's 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 almost a obsessive, uh, maybe uh, possibly pathological. I don't know, but it's it's well, sure I mean, shit it's a is fun. Game. You make snide comments about people, it's sort of fun to rag on people. Yes, you know, uh, silently and uh, without you know causing them public shame. Right, right, right. Well, yeah, there's never any intent to hurt or anything. It's just strange curiosity. So why people? But I don't know. That's not really what I was talking about. Oh, I know. It's not about. It's not about uh, Joseph's eavesdropping. It's more about how these characters are in proximity to each other yet not aware of each other. And the this sort of this play is just it's really intricate design in this movie, where. Uh, Valentine and um, and Augustus live across the street from each other, yeah. right? They and the camera shots, diners. and the camera shots are, I, I think, uh, I mean, oh, the yeah, cinematography yeah. is wonderful in this film. It's, it's off the charts. The cam- the composition, oh, is man. insane in this. And movie. every every shot has some red in it, and you know, mm. uh, as as subtle as it is, and. It's kind of like where's Waldo in some shots. You're like, where's the red? Oh, there it is. And then it just kind of bl- just totally, uh, I guess, gets inflamed on screen. Uh, like there's some street scenes with uh, the gigantic bubblegum poster, and there'll be a red stoplight and a red car parked at it. And it's just, you know, it's it's crazy. It's like you're watching sort of a shimmering as the movie goes along. But those shots be kind of depending on the perspective between Valentine and Auguste's apartment. It's, it's, it's a nice sort of, it's almost kind of reminds me a little bit of link letter slacker where mm. you'll, you know, you'll pick up, you'll just drop one thread and you'll move to the next, even though it's between two people, you know, yeah, it's and, the thing is that that's not really, I mean, I see what you mean, but, there's, but just you see how they they interact with each other without interacting. So I guess especially August and and uh, Valentine. He spends the director spends most time there with hearing each other's car alarm. Yep. You know the noticing the other guy left his car on. You yeah. Know, walking the dogs, just missing each other, and then and then you sort of see how when Valentine gets drawn into the Joseph character's life a little bit, and the relationship with August and his uh, his girlfriend who runs the. That lovely uh, personal weather for the reports. weather, personal weather. It's yeah. such a neat idea. And they also live, and she happens to live next to Yeah, she lives next Joseph. to Joseph. Yeah. And um, it's just that the interplay is just, it's just, it just seems so, it just seems so carefully pieced together. It's it's sort of easy almost to miss it a little bit at first. Um I just it was just re- a really neat delicacy of these characters sort of dancing around each other unawares of of the other person, which I thought was interesting. That's one part of this film I think that uh, you know as a storytelling type of vehicle is 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 pretty oh almost preternatural is the ability to like you said interweave these storylines but not make it contrived. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, you know, Joseph is a retired judge and Auguste is an aspiring judge. And he, uh, you know, gives his story to Valentine, which is obviously paralleling Auguste. And, and, and you don't, 
you know, you're like, oh, okay, well, you know where it's going, but there's sort of a subtlety at work. Yeah, I mean, not so much with the parallels between August and, and Joseph, though. There's, that's a very hard parallel that, um, that uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, 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 Kislowski. Kislowski yeah. is making in this film. And something I'm, I'm still a little puzzled about. I mean, I guess you sort of drawn in as a story of redemption by proxy. In yeah. the sense that uh, there's these two characters that are sort of living the same life unbeknownst to each other. I mean, eerily so, the same life. Almost almost supernaturally the same life. And um, and one has possibly has the chance to be redeemed by some sort of machinations of the earlier version who was not redeemed. Right. I guess that's got to be an important part. And I guess that's what you've glommed onto that you found particularly moving. Well, and, and I see I see what you mean there. And it's certainly interesting, but the thing that it sort of leaves out, I think, largely in this film, just focusing on those two characters and, the, and that redemption story and the parallelism, is what is that? What is that? What's the point of Valentine then? She's sort of left out of that storyline. And one thing I could never quite figure out is what exactly is she doing in this movie, other than to be a a, a reason for Joseph to open up. Some sort of well, let's let's talk about some sort Val- of thawing in his in his coldness. Well, let's talk about Valentine. Valentine is a and she's not just sort of that. I guess what you would call the uh, passive narrator of the film. I mean, she's a complicated character who has a lot going on. And uh, yeah, but to but to what end? Why, why all the complication? With I mean, what 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 what, compli- what does this complication of Valentine serve towards the story? I mean, the main complication would be. She has a very strained relationship with an Englishman, or at least somebody think, who's no, living I in think, England. I think it's just a, a somebody that she's involved with that's uh, constantly traveling. And yeah, there's a, there's a coldness. It's sort of a dickishness from that guy. Well, he's he's obviously it doesn't I mean, seem he's, like he's, a healthy relationship. No, I mean he's 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 uh, obsessively jealous. Right. And then um and then what's the, what's the deal with her drug using younger brother who is in fact her half brother? And what I mean what's the point of that? Is that just so that there can be a rather nicely pointed conversation between Valentine and Joseph uh regarding the son where he s- sort of sees you know makes some pointed guess about her life? And then she turns around in a later scene and sort of does the same thing to him, which is sort of a bit of fun. fun. Yeah, you know, I don't have a good answer for that other than my first kind of gut reaction would be sort of an empathy for flawed, flawed people and why she doesn't uh, um, automatically sort of reject Joseph at the the first encounter. I I, I don't know. I don't don't, know. Does she... Is she that kind to Joseph at any point in this movie? I she's mean, intrigued by him. Obviously, there's a there's a there's a friendship that grows, but at first, she's sort of the first two interactions. She's like, "What is this fucking old asshole?" Right? Well, I think there's yeah, I, I, no, definitely. Um, I but, mean, if, with good reason. I mean, he's the first two encounters are terrible. You wouldn't want to really spend any time around that person. The thing is, I I just don't understand what Valentine represents other than just the re- redemption for. Joseph's doppel, younger doppelganger, and if so, that's all she is, what we is that so a do good you think portrayal this is, of a woman? Uh, uh, possibly uh, an anti-feminist uh, portrayal of a woman. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, I I really enjoyed the movie, and I loved the intricate play. It was just fun to watch and keep track of all the interactions between people. Like I love the scene when. Joseph is going into the courtroom hearing and all the neighbors are there giving him the shit eye. I mean, that's or the stink eye. That's 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 just awesome. And the movie's a gorgeous to watch. But in the end, I'm like, I'm really wondering why is Valentine here other other than for redemption by some sort of crazy circumstance at the end for August? Which is fine, I guess, but is that is that what she serves? And then I was wondering, why do we even have a? Why is she even a pretty woman? Why do we have a twenty, you know, four year old? Are you complaining model? about Irene Jacob being in the film, my man? I, uh... I don't know. It just it seems 
there seems to be something wrong there, and I can't quite put my finger on it, but it left a little bit of a sourness in my mouth. I mean, what what is she mm. really doing? Um, I can't figure it out. It's been sort of bugging me today. See, this is this I mean, is if probably she's just there for redemption. Isn't that rather shallow? I, no, I'm that with you. A I'm man you. can find his redemption yeah. in a in a woman or even another man. The only place you can find redemption is in yourself. I, okay, so let's uh, let, let me let me play devil's advocate here a little bit and uh, attempt attempt to put on my uh, my girl goggles, my Bruce Jenner goggles, and uh, look into uh, sort of the 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 feminine perspective. I, for one thing, I I I. I don't understand. I, we don't understand. I guess what it's like to be a woman in a relationship with a highly jealous man. I, I, I'm not saying that that's the fulcrum about which the character pivots, oh, I mean, but I'm, boy, I'm just saying just, it's, there's so few interactions. There's enough. She, just, there's she a, seems like a little bit of a slave to it. There's enough, but but it's obviously uh, completely taints her outlook on men or at least dominates her outlook uh with regard to um men in the movie So uh, Mark and I had a technical glitch uh, a few minutes back, but uh, uh, I, I do want to get on to the, the supernatural element, and I think that's what we were talking about when the uh, the whole thing went to shit on us. Uh, the tell or the supernatural tell of the film. So there's, I guess, a few instances that I would say uh, basically make this movie supernatural. And one of them is her checking or uh, Joseph checking her ticket before she heads out yeah. across the channel. And then you were saying, I believe, the uh, storm that comes out of nowhere. And I was right? also talking about certain sounds of interference that come along, uh, come across multiple radios uh, yeah. in, the, in the movie. And especially the proximity of some radio interference to Valentina uh, striking the dog Rita. Right, right, right. So, uh, and we were talking, I think, about, well, I was talking about Intacto, but then you were talking about being there. And uh, we were arguing, I think in both films, whether there was a a supernatural element. Uh, And it's the weird thing about coincidence uh, is that coincidence in film allows you to sort of conjure the supernatural without actually owning it, Uh, you know, without actually uh, putting any sort of special effects wizardry. Well, I mean, we've talked about this in the in the sense of even documentary footage. Even f- filming real things, not even written, just through editing, uh like we were talking about it with Borat. He can make amazing things happen by doing something a hundred times and filming the most outrageous time it, ha- it takes how it takes place. Yeah. Right. Right. So you know, I, I guess why I like this movie is because it does have that supernatural heart in it, and uh, it is fantastical um, through its coincidence and similarities of the two characters, and you know, obvious that are obvious, and even events, the crossing of the channel, uh, the fact that uh, the 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 woman and her lover that he was pursuing die, she they both die, which is yes. weird because you. You're listening to the report, and you can only assume that they died because they talk about a yacht that overturned two victims. Do you remember that? Uh, no, I thought she. Oh, yeah, they took a separate yacht, right? Because he had a yacht. Well, she was going. Yeah, she was going yachting with that dude in the English Channel, and that's mm. why he went up there. And 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 and, and Joseph, uh, retired judge's storyline. He goes up there and makes a horrible fool out of himself, uh, mm-hmm. trying to, I guess, win back the woman and, and all that. Um, but in this instance, you assume that, that she perishes along with him. 
uh, because in his timeline, she's the only one that dies. And then the, uh, um, the third, the third man is, uh, uh, he tries for, uh, I guess a crime, you know, you know, I am not following what you're saying there. What, What are you talking about? Who's dying? What? I mean, okay. Are you talking about the story that Joseph has about the woman that had betrayed yes. him and ended up dying? Is that what you? She died about? in an accident. Yeah, she died and in some accident. He didn't say what accident. He just said she died in an accident. Okay. And then that the dude that she left him for uh-huh. uh, showed up in his courtroom one day. Yeah. And he uh, convicted him of of I guess a crime that he was actually guilty for. Okay. Guilty. What is, I'm sorry. Well, how is that supernatural? No, no, no. I'm just saying it's different from the actual second storyline, where uh, you know the Auguste is going to meet up with uh, his lost love and her lover. Um, but they, but her lost love, his lost love, or the woman and and her lover both die in a yachting accident. Well, I mean, there's several differences, even though there's these great parallels, there's several very specific differences between these two people. Like the whole idea of the when the book opens up to see a passage yep. in the law yeah. book, the, the circumstances there. of that are completely different. Yes, they are. One's in the street and then and one's, one's in, that in the theater. theater. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, I mean, that sort of talks against these being the same person in some weird timeline i guess not that that couldn't be the case anyways well yeah i mean it's obviously enough different and they make a point of it being different so you're 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 not somehow watching history repeat in real time mm-hmm. even though it kind of is it's not you know and uh letting you know that they are two separate instances with uh a supernatural correlation mm-hmm. so you know, i no, i see what you mean i you just I get this sense that I'm missing something in this film. This film is universally loved, and I enjoyed it. It's a gorgeous film. And actually, I'd like to watch it again because I just love the interactions of the people and yeah. the, the storylines dancing around each other, as I've, I talked about earlier. But I just is there some bigger take-home that people are, are people get in this movie, other than our connection to strangers sort of feeling? Well, I told you I mean, my What is connection. Eber going to say? Right when we go talk to him. Oh, I think I think Ebert's probably. I think I read his review a long time ago, but I think he's sort of steeped in the myth or the mythology of Kislowski or the the lore of Kislowski and mm. and his deft hand and perfection of uh, his filmmaking. I mean, and it's, it's, in, I mean, it, the the tension of details mind boggling, and without well, there being was, out, without being cloying like some people, like maybe the I don't know. Uh, other other great filmmakers that are super careful about their films. Uh, sometimes they can see a little cute the games they play, right? Uh, but this one doesn't seem cute at all. There was a I think I was watching uh, maybe some extra about Kislowski, and he was talking about a scene with Juliet. I think it was Juliet Binoche who's in Blue, and uh, she's in a cafe in Paris, mm-hmm. and she's holding a, a sugar cube. Okay. Uh, into her coffee, just kind of holding it there, and they zoom in on it. And the sugar cube dissolves completely in sort of the few seconds that the camera's held on on her finger. Mm-hmm. And Kislowski, he was doing it with like a just a normal sugar cube, and he was like, well, that's fucking taking too long. I can't have that scene go that long. So he got his film hands to shave the sugar cube in such a way that it dissolved just at the right time. Hmm. And it took him like 20 to 30 takes to get hmm. that. Just the, 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 I guess, whatever note he was trying to hit with that scene, it took him a shit ton of time beyond you watch that scene and it would just be gone. You know, you watch it and it'd be gone. But mm-hmm. uh, the perfection, so that's kind of, kind of filmmaker he was. He just had this, eye and this Hmm. timing and this just crazy vision about how the movie should look Mm -hmm. you know a true perfectionist i guess what we would consider in the kubrickian style Mm -hmm. yeah and so feeling of kubrick in this film so from that this movie is is uh i guess an uncompromising work of art visually Mm -hmm. um and and it's striking visuals 
and just like there's the scene where like that Joseph's in the theater and he points up to the balcony and then the camera drops down below him like he should like the and well, then he's w- telling a story about the book falling i thought that was right. a little heavy-handed to be quite honest <laughs> mark didn't like it no, okay. I, I, of all the scenes in the movie <laughs> that was one of my least favorite <laughs> camera yeah movies. maybe i lack maybe i lack an eye for subtlety i don't know but uh, <laughs> what well, was it was just, it was it was sort of surprising uh how overt that movement was and when when all the other air, all the other camera movements had been rather reserved up to that point it did seem incongruous with the film well, it was a little magical, I thought, and and maybe that was sort of speaking to the heart of the film in that way. Hmm. You know, I, hmm. I I I I don't know. I, maybe I'm making excuses for that a little bit, but uh, I I love that part too. I think uh, at that time, you know, uh, um, I, I I don't have a fault with it. I just thought it was unusual choice. Yeah. Okay, I'm with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's kind of to me. It's a little nitpicking. But uh, mm, okay. I mean, so, uh, uh, I don't think that Kaczynski was afraid to pit, nick, pick nits. So, so Mark really enjoyed. I guess he just enjoyed the the attention to detail, the look, the the feel of it. But the story or the emotional bit of it, I think you didn't you didn't quite mm, find. I mean, as, I uh, enjoy the. You found the, it a little suspect. I. I I know my my main problem, my only problem, is really with the Valentine character. I'm happy with every, I, I enjoy the parallels uh, between Joseph and August. Uh, the stuff that really spoke to you, I think, I think is important. I enjoy the cynicism of, of Joseph and how he thaws a little bit. I think some of that dialogue is, is really great. Um, and I, I love the cinematography. It's, it's a beautiful film to watch. So I just, I'm just, I'm left a little, a little confused, I guess on, on, on certain levels of the film. So, uh, you you didn't think that uh, this you didn't think it was Valentine's story is is more or less the the heart. Yeah, of it. that's the thing. It's sort of for, for somebody who's on screen all the time, it doesn't seem like it's about her, and maybe it's not. And just say, look, I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying I'm confused. Well, I don't think to me, I, I because I think this movie resonated with me so much. Like, uh, like my, you know, like I was talking about with, you know, and I've been cheated on by girlfriends and I've been there, you know, I've been in that sort of, uh, um, this is the end of my life, you know, she left me kind of mindset. But, but the thing is, is, is I, I would say that this is more of a movie for, from, for a man than it is a woman. And, and Mm. I, 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 you know, and because Irene, Jacob is the lead character and she's in it 90% of the time and, you know, all that. Um, strangely, I don't think I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, penalize the film from, for being a movie that speaks more to men than women. Hmm. I, I don't, I, to me, that doesn't seem, doesn't seem a, uh, uh, a misstep in, in, in this film. Uh, and, and I guess maybe, you know, it's a it's a romantic film, but uh, you're right. I mean, is, I, it, is it really that romantic? To me, it was like, well, for I mean, me, it's about. I mean, there's one guy who's all tore up inside because he's a young man. And he can't deal with it. Look, we've been there, and you oh, know, yeah, man. it's just something that passes. You know, and in the end, you look back on it. God, oh, but you don't know. I was it's all, passing I was all worked up about it. Well, but now you know, right? Well, now now I you know. know it was just a bunch of a bullshit right and there's no right. point to really get all bent out of shape about it um right. but um i mean other than that there's other than this guy being torn up about it and for some reason joseph being broken by getting cheated on one time a long time ago it's just sort of a terrible weakness of both these guys right no i'm with you who gets, I mean, who that's... gets cheated on when they're in their 20s and then becomes a shut-in when they're 65 but see that's the it. see See, you're 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 speaking to the reality that isn't there in this film, and and for me watching this was uh, that Joseph was the loveless fate uh, of that I envisioned as a twenty-something, or you know what I mean? No, I totally, Whether, I totally see that. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean it's 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 not real. We know it's not real because we're 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 middle aged dudes now. We know that's all bullshit. But at the time, uh, it's it's uh, you know it's it's like the ghost of Christmas future, you know, showing up a little bit. And uh, um, but the, the funny thing is, August never even meets Joseph. No, he doesn't. No. Well, and yeah, I, yeah, I know. But so. I don't know. I I I I just uh, I I don't think maybe this is this is it's it's a great movie. I I think all genders would enjoy this enjoy this movie equally. But I think for me, I think it 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 maybe speaks towards that uh, whatever lovesickness of young men. Hmm. I, you know, I don't know. No, but I, that's I, me. I see what you're saying. I just don't think that's the point of the film, but maybe it is. But, but yeah, I don't know what the, the point. point of the film is, really. Well, see, that's the thing. That's why it's great art, and and that's my that's always been my opinion about it. Oh no, I really enjoyed this film quite a bit. Is is it? Is really it's whatever it. you get out of it is what it means. Whatever it evokes is what it means. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm perfectly happy with that. And because I, I think I'd like to watch this movie again, maybe with Jean. I think I think she might enjoy it. Well, yeah, and that would be interesting to to ask, you know, a, a female fan of this film, mm. how what what is it, what is so evocative in it? Well, and, I'd uh, probably be more interested in just asking myself that question on a second well, viewing. Well, all right, and there you go. So, uh, uh, anyway, uh, but the, some of the scenes, the subtlety, like the one uh, scene at the bowling alley. Where it's panning from like Valentine moving through, and it doesn't even show Auguste being there, but it just shows the crushed beer glass with the crumpled pack of smokes. Yeah, you know, why is that even... glass broken? Because he's just like he's just so he know that he he knew that that she's off with somebody else, and he got stood up or whatever, and he just you know. Got frustrated and was that had a moment on, was of that, passion. Uh, that was that wasn't before their breakup though. That was that was no no no. Uh, it just showed you that how I guess tenuous is is you know really is uh, I I mean I I guess I I wasn't is how how does that show him being unhinged? He was he went out to bowl with his girlfriend. She hadn't left. She, she hadn't met the other person yet. No, but she didn't for whatever reason show. Oh, I mean, like that he was, was my waiting impl- for her, and is that is that? Yeah, what he was implies? waiting for her, and and there's a crushed beer glass, like the glass is broken, and his cigarettes because he's a you know, he, back in the gay old '90s where you could smoke inside, even in Europe, mm. and uh, he there was some kind of moment of passion. I don't know if it, you're, you're left not to know. I took it as she didn't show for whatever reason, and he no, got. Like, that could maybe be the case. I, I hadn't thought about it. I, I was actually sort of perplexed by that shot myself. But, that's my. That's yeah. that. I mean, the thing is, I mean, the reason that she cheated on him was not because it, she wasn't that into him. She just. I mean, that's that's the way the fucking shit happens. Yeah. It's it's uh, uh, you know, regardless that she met somebody else. If if you're really into something, you can meet somebody else and. That you you'd say hi. She met nice somebody with a with later. a moderately priced Ferrari. Well, fuck, man. I, I could be understand being left for that shit. I'll tell you. Thank God. Thank God it was a better man than me. That's what I would say. <laughs> anyway, so uh, yeah, I don't know, but uh, I, I I I this is this is one of my favorite films, and and uh, I'm glad you liked it. And, oh, I did uh, like it. Yeah, yeah. Even though I'm confused by it. Which is not a it's, bad thing. It, maybe it's it's it. Keep watching it, like me, throughout <laughs> the years. So, <laughs> well, I, really, I mean, maybe there's nothing in Ebert as you suggest, but I'd really like to go see what he has to say. Ebert reviewed Red on uh, December second of nineteen ninety four, giving it. Uh, Four stars out of four. Four stars. So he has some interesting insights and some sort of unfortunate platitudes in this review. So let's start with the first half, which is the insight. Uh, he says, uh, just starting the, the, I'll just read the beginning of the review here. At this moment in this cafe, we're sitting next to strangers. I guess he's, is he still drinking in 94? Is he on the? Fuck, why not, man? Still uh, has a jaw. Have a jaw, we'll drink. 
Everyone will get up, leave, and go their own way, and then we'll never meet again. And if they do, uh, they'll never meet again. And if they do, they won't realize uh, that it's not for the first time. He says, uh, we are connected with some people and never meet others, but it could easily have happened otherwise. Looking back over a lifetime, we describe what happened as if it had a plan. To fully understand how accident and random life is, how how vast the odds are against any single event taking place would be humbling. I mean, maybe I guess that the film well, sort of getting at that a little bit. I mean, I talked about how these lives sort of play together. These strangers, the connections between these strangers. Is sort well, of yeah. And it's, 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 it's stuff we never think about. Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, I mean, the, the, uh, besides the whole, uh, uh, you know, uh, life on planet earth coincidence and, and improbability, then there's, mm-hmm. uh, our own consciousness, uh, coincidence and improbability, which is, uh, you know, on the order of magnitude, right? It, it's, you know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what he's getting at. Continue. Um, <laughs> sorry, that was a lot, but anyway, he says in red, uh, none of the major characters know each other at the beginning of the movie and there's no reason they should meet, which is, I think is one of the fun parts about, watching the movie as i said before um he talks about when um here's something i don't quite understand he talks about when um valentine meets uh joseph for the first time he says there's an instant spark that strikes between the old man and the young woman a contact a recognition of similarity or sympathy but they are 40 years apart in age strangers to one another and have met by accident and ellipses what is he talking about? I don't know. That's what, not what, the case. What they meet and he's a dick and she leaves. Yeah, right. And she's like, "Why is he such a dick?" The dog <laughs> leaves her. She comes back, and uh, I mean, he sets off her alarm at one time to give her some money too. Right? You see that? Ah, um, uh, yeah. In the car, but um, and then she sees. I don't know, I mean. She. <laughs> I, I don't know what he's trying to write in there. Like there's. And he says it later in this film, later in the review, he goes, um, talking about, you know, if things had, talking about Valentine and August, what a good couple they would make, perhaps well, if yeah, they ever see. met. And if the endless reaches of, and if in the endless reaches of cosmic time, there had been the smallest shift in lifetimes of Valentine and the judge, they could have been the same age, you know, like there, there's going to be some romance between them. What the hell well, are that's talking the, about? Well, that's the that I mean, I, I I think we're all of that belief that there will be a connection with those two after the film, which obviously leads to all kinds of, you know, what I would call uh, uh, plot holes. Like, hey, your story is exactly like that dude I know whose dog I hit back in Geneva. Yet you're forty years. What you know what I mean? There's 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 the obvious incongruities with uh, the feasibility of Auguste and Valentine that that would oh, I, I wouldn't th- say he's talking about between Joseph and Valentine in that sense. Well, because uh, he's he's assuming one and the same. Yeah, is he really? I I, I don't know. I you know the whole. I, I think the uh, there's a mutual understanding between Joseph and Valentine. That is that isn't romantic, but you know, I guess platonic. I mean, he sort of uh, makes sort of some advances on her at one point in the film. Well, that's kind of a, she maybe took it the wrong way. I, I no, I, I think, think that's it was what he did. Uh, but uh, I don't know. There's just there's there's sort of a a je ne sais quoi since we're talking about a French film, actually a Swiss film between the two characters it it doesn't have to be you know it doesn't have to be like their match profiles line up with each other mm. you know it's 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 sort of a uh i guess uh uh even like a sharing of of vulnerabilities mm-hmm. no bit. no they and, do strike up a, a rather nice friendship i'm just saying yeah, it's, there's not it's, like it's, it's not like there's genuine. something i i just the interaction seemed rather mundane at first. You're just meeting some curmudgeon. Well, guy. it was, and I think it was more realistic that yeah, way. I liked it, and and, uh, and circumstances drew them back together twice over, four times. And their and, and their relationship throughout the film, which is changes the only one, but it's genuine, 
Yeah. Every, every, yeah. And it you know, changes there's, there's as the environments change. It's, I think it's an interesting relationship. So, I mean, to me, that that's that's kind of the fundament of, uh, I, I, you know, of a romantic relationship. Is as in this case, it's 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 obviously uh, disjointed in time, but that's kind of the necessity. You need to have that in order to carry it through, um, and it sort of sheds maybe a lot of that sort of youthful bullshit like jealousy. Uh, it's it's more of a pure kind of man woman sort of view than it is sort of you know two attractive young people getting it together getting together you know there's so much baggage and and context that that tends to ruin a lot of that that if you kind of displace it in time like it's it's shown here then then you see the the true commonality between men and women a lot better I, to me that seems kind of at the heart of at least the the depiction, but you know that's my own interpretation, obviously. Oh no, it was just sort of. A, I thought it was a neat relationship. Um, uh, let's see here. Boop, boop, boop. He does make a couple of funny comments. I th- I should probably p- uh, uh, talk about here. He's talking about the girlfriend. Uh, I guess her name was Karen. Uh, August's girlfriend. She says she specializes in personal weather reports for her clients, which sounds reasonable like having a personal trainer or astrologer, until we reflect that the weather is more or less the same for everybody, which I think is yeah, pretty funny. Kind of funny. <laughs> I remember uh, I went skiing in Chamonix, which is uh, up the road from Geneva. And, uh, man, I was, we, were, we, were, uh, we were driving through Geneva back, back up to, to, to the ski area. And uh, I was with my friend Christine, and um, I was like, I, I, it, it was snowing like a fucking bastard, like outside of Geneva. And I was in this rental car and I like, I remember tuning into the radio, trying to find like they had like the weather report, you know, weather report. And then it was the FM station. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, fuck, man, how much? I mean, it's like 60 miles back up to the ski area. Are we going to have to, you know, are these roads passable? And it was it, you know, I'd only been driving in France for a few days and, and, uh, anyway, so I was, I was like tuned to the weather report station and, and Christine speaks a little bit of French, mm-hmm. but I just remember just like, like, what the hell are they saying? What's it doing? What's it doing? I can't, I need my weather report. God damn it. And then I thought about this movie a little bit and I was like, I wish I had a personal weather report, that, <laughs> you know, for that drive to, cause she actually mentioned, you still, you, you, you still would have need, needed to speak French. I know she. She mentions the drive because the, the the person that calls her is going to Turin, mm. which is through the Chamonix Tunnel. Which was when I was there, they had uh, I was recovering from a horrible fire. There was like a tunnel fire mm. like the year before, uh, and it's the tunnel that goes between France and, and and Italy, and it had like incinerated twenty people. It was wow. horrific, and so uh, yeah, and it happened like the year before. So. Uh, it was closed and uh you had to go through the mountain pass i didn't know you can't drive it's it's glaciers oh. between the two so i but i passed by the tunnel hmm. and it was all closed up and it was it was quite ominous but uh anyway uh, maybe not much of a story structural but, problems uh, the fire yeah but it was a it, it it made me think of the movie at least mm-hmm. that's interesting well that's about all he had to say here i'm not going to read some of his more over the top stuff right at the end. Yeah, his wistfulness. I mean, uh, I mean, that's why I guess I enjoy the movie because I like the interactions with the, the strangers' interactions. I guess that's the thing that really draws me to it, and why I'd want to see it again to watch those interactions anew. Yeah, yeah. There's and well, there's like subtle stuff like her landlord. I thought was great. You know, he just seemed like this kind of curmudgeonly, slightly racist landlord. Mm-hmm. You know, that had to pick the gum out of her. Lock because of the Turkish kids. Yeah, I mean, there's the bar across the street where she pulls the slot machine every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of that stuff. It's a lot of little nice Take little it. details. Yeah. Anyway, it's one of my favorite movies, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't know. Um, I'll probably see it again a few more times, but um, I think that's all we have. Right? Yeah, I think that's good. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the strangely, uh, the Kislowski red white and or blue white and red in the french flag uh was sort of a homage to france 
And the first two movies take place in France, or at least parts of them do. Mm -hmm. I think White takes place, like, partly in Poland. Uh, Yet, um, uh, Red takes does not take place in France at all, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah, not I one mean, bit of it. I mean, I, this is a lot of French culture there. I think. In- well, it's it's the Swiss French. Mm-hmm. I you know I don't understand how Switzerland works. I flat out don't. Uh, well, I've basically, there, but- it was uh, it's basically it was a poor mountainous country forever and ever and ever until sometime they got involved in banking sometime in the eighteen hundreds. Now they have. It's money. just weird. I, they're they're you know the European. It's like a, it's uh, like the shitty part of Europe. Where nobody wanted to go, <laughs> where it was always, I mean, it's, it's a tough land. It's, it's high and, uh, well, it's a weird I, place. agriculturally, it's the shits, yeah. you know, but, uh, uh, I mean, it's a gorgeous country. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, and it just seemed like the, the, uh, what is it? The, every European country has that, you know, the, the circle with the two letter, um, yeah, uh, CH. designator or three letter, yeah, CH, and it stands for the uh, uh, Helvetica Confederacy, That's right. which is the true name of of uh, Switzerland. And I guess that's how the place kind of works. That's how you have like the German end of it and the French end of it, and it all just seems to fucking work somehow. And uh, nobody seems to be bothered that that half of the country is. You know, a completely different language than the other mm-hmm. half. Uh, just to me, it it just seems really strange there. I, well, I, I, I don't think understand it's a, it. It's a different place. I like how everybody's a member of the army there, and everybody has oh, an assault man. rifle in their house. They're fucking armed to the teeth. Like I, I flew into Geneva and I drove out through the border, the French border, uh-huh. which had nobody there. It was just I drove right out, and like there was the French border. There was a like a. a you know, custom station. There was a guy eating a but baguette not, and smoking a cigarette. No, there wasn't. There wasn't a human being there. <laughs> it was just all closed up. It looked like you could, you know, uh, activate it at any time. But it was just ghosted. I just drove right through it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh man, these these borders." And then uh, I drove back into Switzerland, mm-hmm. and it was a completely fucking different scene. Yeah, there was uh, dudes with combat boots and berets mm-hmm. and and fucking machine guns uh, pulling over everybody. And I happened to rent my car in Switzerland, mm-hmm. so they just waved me through. But cars for, not from Switzerland were, were, were getting uh, getting the full treatment. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's some serious shit. It kind of blew me, blew me away a little bit. Don't forget there's uh, explosives under all those roads in and out of Switzerland. They can blow it up. They can cut, cut, the, so cut the lines crazy. at a moment's notice. Well, and Geneva's weird because it's a little peninsula of a border that protrudes into uh, France there. So it, like it would like walls would have to come out from underneath the ground or something, you know, when they, when they go to lockdown or whatever the uh, Swiss apocalypse uh, hits, you know, I don't know. It's, it's a strange place. It's, it, it's bizarre yeah, how it it's, works. It's its own country. That's for sure. It's unique. Anyway. All right, man. Next week, what's next week? Uh, next week, we're doing a cult comedy hit. Now, I don't know. Let's see, what's the last cult comedy that I did? I don't think Matt generally likes these. I think it was uh, oh, wet hot, wet, wet hot, hot American, American summer, summer, which you didn't enjoy. Yeah. Well, I'm slowly going to try. What I'm trying to do is work you down until I can do uh, um, uh, 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 <laughs> what, what's the name of that movie? I really want to do sometime. Um, Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie. I'm going to do it. I'd be up for Tim days. and Eric. Be for, I, I, I think I'd be up for that. Well, yeah. I might do it sometime, but uh, we're going to do another interesting movie written by uh, the uh, the well-known Stephen Colbert and starring Stephen right. Colbert and the very talented comedian Amy Sedaris. This is the movie version of the TV show called Strangers with Candy. Okay. So it's a, sort of I, a broad, goofy comedy. It'd be interesting. Well, you know, comedies are... Uh, a challenge for us to discuss because we always get into the nature of comedy and whether this meets the bill and well, you know, perfect. We can make stuff. it a short podcast, one of our patented like, half hour. Not podcasts. funny, fucking not funny, not funny at <laughs> fucking all. All right, next week. And it's got a lot of neat uh, cameos. Okay, like Ian Holm and Ian uh, Holm. Ian, that is weird. Ian Holm's in it. Uh, let's see here. Uh, 
Oh, geez. Who else? There's like, uh, oh, there's, uh, well, uh, anyways, you'll see it. All right. Okay. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I, I, I know very little about it. I've, I, I, I remember the TV show and I don't even think I watched it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, uh, Strangers with Candy and it came out in what? 2003? 2005. 2005. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. A post 9-11 comedy. Yeah. I'm sure there'll be a lot of thoughts about 9-11 in our place <laughs> right. in the world. All right. Well, okay. One more thing I forgot to ask you in the podcast. The the bit at the beginning in French, obviously, because it was a French movie. Mm-hmm. What was that scene? I don't even remember. Oh, well, uh, I mean, you catch a couple words in there. This is the scene where um, she actually comes back to um, uh, find to find the dog back at uh, Joseph's place. And um, she he's talking, you know, he's sort of despondent. You know, he's like, there's yeah. no point in living. And she goes, well, why don't you just stop breathing then? And he goes, uh, that'd be a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, can't we all relate? Anyway. <laughs> okay, uh, until next week. C'est pas toi.